the main chip watch. It's real talk. Man, it's real talk with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open and you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. And here we go, here we go on this Monday. It is February 14th, 2022, otherwise known as the day you spend a whole lot more money than you're used to spending. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you out there, just in case you... I have a couple of thoughts on that in a minute, but <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. I hope it's been a good day for you. Now, if you had dinner early, you can come home and you can digest on Real Talk Memphis because we are on the air. Very happy to have you with us. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Uh, nice to be here. Nice to be anywhere on this particular day. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've been doing well since the last time we communicated about seven days ago. Uh, we have a uh, pretty good show for you tonight because, you know, we always try to load up and make sure that you are are fully taken care of between the hours of 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Central Time. Now, before you ask me how it is you can get this fine piece of radio broadcasting, well, I'll tell you what. I'm in a good mood, so I'll share that with you. You can do it any number of ways. First, we are on live 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. You can also catch us on the WYXR app, WYXR.org. Listen live. We are also on TuneIn. And yes, we are doing this little deal called Facebook Live. And I see a few of you have already checked in. Appreciate that. Uh, a little bit later on tonight, I'll be uploading the show to YouTube. And as we are a podcast, tomorrow, uh, after they post it, you can pick it up wherever you get your podcast. Now, uh, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to like this show, follow this show, share this show, and subscribe to the show. If you if you listen to the show on podcast on your podcast platforms, subscribe to the show. Sometimes I think you guys are you think you, you guys make me feel like I'm asking you to dig a ditch in hundred degree temperatures. Okay, this is not that <laughs> this is not that hard. Okay, we're trying to grow this thing. So uh, like, follow, share, subscribe. I would humbly appreciate you doing that. As far as the show's concerned tonight, uh, we have some good guests. We're going to talk about a variety of things. Uh, we have Elle Perry. Uh, she is uh, the uh, 
digital uh, manager over at the uh, Daily Memphian newspaper. We're going to talk to her about this, the world of digital that we live in now, of course. Uh, that should be an interesting conversation. We're also going to be talking with someone uh, from the Seating Success uh, program. And what is it? And uh, what does it do? And how does it benefit the community? We're going to have someone on the show to talk a little bit about that. And uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes, many of you heard, I'm sure, about what happened uh, at the Starbucks over there on uh, Highland and Poplar where uh, seven of the workers were fired. Um, now, according to Starbucks, it's because they, they broke some, violated some rules and this and that. But I think the real story is they wanted to unionize uh, that particular store uh, so they could, you know, get uh, some better uh, working conditions and, and uh, you know, some other things that they were trying to, uh, to achieve uh, by trying to form a union. Well, that didn't go over too well. We are going to have one of uh, those individuals who lost their job, Nicole Taylor, will be joining me. Uh, in just a few minutes to talk a little bit about all of this. They call themselves the Memphis 7, so that should be pretty interesting. But before we go any farther, February is a big, big birthday month, and today is a huge birthday day. So uh, as we prepare to celebrate you on this day, you know we can't do it unless I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday goes out to a lot of folks today. Let's get started. Renette McCargo, happy birthday to you. Uh, turn up a little bit, uh, Lola, the background. There you go. Uh, Faith Morris, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Vanessa Caswell, Gilbertina Warfield, Wanda Alberson, Litron Bonner, Gary Williams, Anthony Jordan, Happy birthday to Tara Lynn Robinson, to Mr. Jack Pirtle. I know Jack Pirtle. And uh, happy birthday, sir. I'm glad you, 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 you're still with us, and I hope you had a great day. Gloria McNeil, happy birthday to you. Derek Apostle Atkins. Tammy Lynn, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Dell Williams. Reginald Gaston. I know Mr. Reginald Gaston. Happy birthday to you. Latasha Ivy Rice. And two particular birthdays I would get in trouble if I didn't mention. One, uh, my son had a birthday this past Saturday, February 12th. He's actually checking in. He's checking in because he wanted to see if I was going to mention his birthday. But So anyway, happy belated birthdays, son. I wished you happy birthday on your birthday. But, you know, for purposes of the radio thing, uh, happy birthday to you. And also, last but not least, the favorite aunt of all time, Bobby Jean Walls. Bobby Jean, Bobby Jean, celebrating a birthday on today, uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Bobby Jean actually moved into our house uh, when uh, we had our major surgeries back in November, and she took very good care of us. So, uh, love you. I hope you had a wonderful day. And happy birthday to each and every one of you out there. We hope that you will join us next year for another trip around the sun. Thank you, Lola. So we had a couple of notable deaths uh, I wanted to uh, mention uh, um, before we move forward. Howard Grimes, um, this is a music station, and I know that many of you are familiar with his work. He was the backbone of Memphis Soul. 
He was a drummer. Uh, he played on some very big hits uh, in uh, this town. He died Saturday. He was 80 years of age. He played for such artists as Al Green and Peebles and many, many more. And again, they called it the backbone of Memphis soul. Uh, so uh, uh, Howard Grimes uh, dead at the age of 80. And uh, also, uh, we celebrated, uh, I say we, uh, the members of Fullview Missionary Baptist Church, celebrated a milestone uh, that none of us are really want to uh, think too much about. Uh, our beloved pastor, Walter Pegg Sr., uh, died one year ago uh, this past Saturday, February 12th. Uh, he was 74 years of age. He died of pancreatic cancer. But uh, he has left a legacy for all of us that will never be forgotten. His physical loss is still affecting many of us, including myself. Uh, but his memory and his impact on us will last forever. They had a uh, tribute to him at church yesterday and uh, showed some of, his, some of his greatest moments and made us miss him even more. His family was there, of course. Uh, you know, his, his, his widow and, uh, you know, their son, uh, Walter Jr., spoke on behalf of the family yesterday. That was very moving. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would put him in the category of legendary. He's, he's one of those guys I mean, in, in terms of the religious community and preaching uh, that was second to none. And uh, I am sure that I speak for many out there uh, who are listening, who may be affiliated with our church in some way, that uh, we absolutely still miss him very much. Uh, let's take a look at uh, some news and notes. Of course, uh, COVID numbers are coming down, and uh, we are very happy for that. And uh, as I said before, last week, yeah, all the metrics are coming down, the deaths are coming down, the new cases are coming down, uh, and even the pediatric cases are coming down all across the country. A lot of states are loosening or actually ending the restrictions uh, in terms of, uh, you know, any mandates, mask mandates and things like that. Just be careful out there because COVID hadn't disappeared yet. And if you hadn't gotten it and you hadn't gotten your vaccine, you could still get it. And if you get it, it might not be a good thing for you. So I wouldn't be doing what I want to do, which is to remind you of things that you need to be reminded of. Uh, and getting that vaccination and getting your booster uh, if you have not already gotten one. So uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, Super Bowl and uh, certain elements of it in just a couple of minutes. But I want to talk about this, uh, well, two things first. MLGW is really literally down to a few hundred people in terms of the restoration uh, effort, uh, which is, what, 10, 11 days ago now. Uh, so they're, they're winding it down. They're getting the most difficult cases, and hopefully you know, everybody will be back here. Um, completely everyone will be getting back here another, either by today or next day or so. Uh, the uh, mayor uh, is weighing in, as, as people do every time we have these major storms. The, the, uh, the uh, infrastructure system at MLGW is very, very old. And about 240,000 people lost power, and the storm caused nearly $14 million in damages. Uh, possible solutions, uh, they could be looking at uh, doing some underground wire work, uh, which people have been talking about for a long time. That's going to cost about six to eight billion dollars, and uh, it would be paid for by raising your rates. Don't yell at me; I'm just a messenger, or by selling MLGW. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about um, Jackson State University. Remember last week I told you that uh, Jackson State 
just pulled out. They decided that they no longer wanted to be a part of the Southern Heritage Classic. And uh, that was a big uproar behind that. Of course, Fred Jones was talking about litigation and the whole nine yards. Well, it turns out that a few days later, I think the controversy got uh, to Jackson State, got a little hot. And uh, they decided to come out with a statement saying, we didn't mean to, 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 to drop the hammer, drop the ball, you know, so quickly. Uh, you know, that information was leaked out. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And um, we were in conversations with Fred Jones about, you know, moving on and doing the whole nine yards. Well, uh, I'll, I'll get to the end b- before I finish the rest of this. Uh, they are going to uh, resume with the Southern Heritage Classic 222. 2022, I get it right, version uh, is going to happen in September, uh, on September 10th, so you can continue to make your plans for that. One last hurrah, according to Jackson State University. Now, I have been wondering and wondering and wondering exactly what this is all about, and nobody is really saying what it's about, but there's some information uh, that um, apparently uh, Coach Prime, as he likes to call himself, uh, Deion Sanders, decided or thought that it wasn't financially beneficial for Jackson State University all of a sudden. If you didn't know, Coach Prime has got, got quite, quite the ego. He really does. And now, you know, he got down there and they have some success on the football field. And, of course, he wants to change the dynamics of everything. Um, Fred Jones did not have any prior discussions with Jackson State, it turns out, about all of this. As a matter of fact, he was talking about you know, filing a lawsuit against them for breach of contract, which it would have been. And, of course, TSU got no information at all. They had to find out through social media and hearing people talk about all this. Um, Fred's only uh, uh, notification about being dropped by Jackson State was an email saying that they were going to do it. So, in any event, uh, it's going to happen this year, but trust me, won't be happening uh, after this year. And did you watch the Super Bowl last night? Pretty good game, right? Good game. I thought it was a really good game. So everybody wants to talk about two things afterwards, the halftime show and the commercials. Now, uh, I'm going to give you my take on the halftime show. I thought it was one of the best I've seen in quite some time. They got, they got down last night. It was really, really good. Nicole, did you watch the halftime show last night? Nicole didn't even watch this. Nicole didn't even watch the game last night. Was she big? You just had, you just wasn't interested? Is that what you I got it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, anyway, but Lola did, and and I did, and a lot of folks did. Doctor, hats off to Dr. Dre, and that, and them, they got down. Now, for you young cats out there and kittens, you know, you may not have, you know, may not have really gotten into it, but I'm gonna tell you something. For us, for us older heads, that was the fire last night. So, congratulations. I enjoyed. Nicole, see, Lola, when I use words like that, you know, Lola looks at me like I have three heads. I'm hip sometimes. I can be hip, too, some every now and again. And also, I thought the commercials were, eh, I just really, there was only maybe two or three that I thought were even remotely interesting. So that's my take. You guys can leave a take down here. You know, you're you watching this show. You know, hit me up. Let me know. Did you like it? Did you, did you not like it? In the meantime, we are going to take our first break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to one of the members, uh, so dubbed the Memphis Seven, uh, one of the employees uh, who was fired from Starbucks rather unfairly. We'll talk about it. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip. We'll be right back. Hey, Nicole. 
you see there. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Discover your next favorite artist at the Memphis Songwriter Series at the Halloran Center, hosted by Memphis songwriter Mark Edgar Stewart. On February 17th, Mark and his musical guests will take you on a journey behind their music, share personal stories, and introduce exciting new music. For more information on the Memphis Songwriter Series, visit orpheum-memphis.com. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis art collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. WYXR 91.7 FM explores the rare and influential music that fans may have missed with WYXR Stereo Sessions, presented by Nexair and Minfo, a monthly series of hi-fi album listening parties. Join us Wednesday, February 16th at 6 p.m. for a celebration of Memphis progressive rock band Companion and their mid-70s LP, Reap the Lost Dreamers, with special guests Pat Sansone of Wilco and companion keyboardist Mike Russell. This series is brought to you by a grant from Humanities Tennessee and is sponsored by Tamburino, Memphis Listening Lab, Via Productions, and Garner Records. Limited seating is available, so RSVP for the free public event at WYXR.org. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, uh, February 14th. Very happy to have you with us and very happy to have my first guest with us tonight. Uh, many of you uh, are aware of uh, what happened at uh, Starbucks uh, no, going on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some of the employees in the store uh, wanted uh, to s try to create a union, which of course is their right, you know, for better working conditions, better pay and things like that. Uh, and uh, apparently, uh, when corporate office got wind of uh, what they were trying to do, they decided that uh, sh uh, my first guest and six of her colleagues, co-workers, were no longer uh, able to have a job at Starbucks. So we're going to talk a little bit about this with, uh, with uh, Nicole Taylor. Nicole is uh, one of the uh, so dubbed... Uh, so newly named or dubbed Memphis Seven and now a former Starbucks employee. Nicole, uh, thanks for coming on Real Talk. I really appreciate it. No 
problem. So, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit offline about all of this, and I just, you know, I, th- I, I just think <laughs> that uh, personally, um, I don't think too much of the actions of the corporate company. But sort of walk us through what happened and, uh, and, and, and their ensuing reaction to what happened. Um, so, first of all, we were watching all these other stores uh, do their election and start to unionize. When we felt like it was something that we could reach, we decided to talk to our coworkers, and they all felt like it was something we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got that letter and that petition out, immediately it was district managers were in the building, corporate was in the building, almost literally the day after we put the letter out to petition. Um so we talked to media the day afterwards, um, which I mean, everything in that building can be seen on camera. So we talked to media the day afterwards. Mm-hmm. We were interviewed and investigated a week later and almost three weeks later, everybody that was seen on that video that talked to media was terminated. So let me ask you, how, who, how did they find out um, that you actually, you know, had even had a conversation with media. How how did all that that even transpire? So with them watching us after we decided to union, they started watching us very quickly, and that meant going through all type of footage of the store because they literally they were watching everything we were doing mm-hmm. from the moment we said he wanted to petition. Um, so watching our social media. Um, watching the news program itself and then getting that security footage from the store. How long before you, uh, before all this happened uh, to you and your fellow uh, former employees, uh, a period of time when you filed, you know, when you filed for uh, wanting to be a union, what, what, what was the, what was the time frame there? It was exactly three weeks, almost to the date. Okay. So you did it three weeks hence, and then three weeks later, you know, you all were surprised. So how did they ended up? I mean, how did, how did it end up happening that you all were fired on that day? I mean, how did you how did you uh, get notified? I mean, who notified you about all that? Um, actually, we were kind of swindled and lied to. Um, the store was closed due to the fact that we didn't have power because of the ice storm. Yeah. Um, we got a phone. Every one of us got a phone call the day before we all were terminated. That was like, hey. You know, we've had this huge ice storm. We wanted y'all to come in so we can talk about resources and talk about how we can help y'all mm-hmm. um, if you lost power or lost food or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was setting up meetings with the entire store. Um, and then we walked in thinking we were talking about resources and we walked into partner resources and the district manager terminating us. Well, how many uh, employees total work at that particular store? Um, now... 13, but it was 20 before the seven of us were let go. Hmm. Okay, so, um, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you were just tuning in to Real Talk Memphis, we are speaking with Nicole Taylor. Uh, she is one of the former uh, Starbucks employees that was let go by corporate uh, because of uh, the their um, uh, desire to uh, form a union. And, and Nicole, tell us what conditions or what inspired you and your, uh, your, your co-workers to want to file a petition for a union? Um, first of all, first and foremost, it, we feel unsafe. We were working around people who had COVID for two or three days and told to come back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely safety in the matter of COVID-19. Um, the store we work in isn't very safe. There's ways to fall, slip, 
there's literally right now a machine that leaks water into an outlet. So definitely safety issues. Um, our benefits suck for lack of a better word. So for better benefits, okay. um, when we felt like we had a benefit issue, they decided to give us free Spotify instead of real, um, instead of real benefits. Um, and then our pay, we have no seniority pay. Um, I've been there two years as a shift supervisor and someone who was a shift supervisor for three or four months was making exactly what I was making or more. Um, so definitely the safety benefits and um, better pay. So um, there are many companies around uh, the United States uh, that uh, you know are in unions, uh, many more who want to form unions it's not necessarily the most popular thing in the world for for you know the corporate headquarters and things like this but correct me if i'm wrong but did not a starbucks in new york city uh fight to unionize and got a union yes that was the first story we watched in buffalo new york um oh. they fought for it and got that to the goal that they wanted to did you have you guys had any conversation with them about how they did what they did so many conversations I'm sorry, say That's again? Actually, I have so many conversations. That's actually who we reached out to first mm-hmm. when we decided we wanted to unionize. There's, there seems to be a growing uh, support uh, base uh, for you and your former uh, you know, co-workers over this. I've seen, you know, numerous articles. I've seen numerous stories, you know, about this on television and the whole nine yards. And and many uh, folks uh, don't think it's fair, you know, what happened to you. And uh, I was going to ask you what kind of, you know, because it seems like, you know, you're getting more and more support every day. Am I wrong in that? Because it seems like it's becoming a groundswell. Tell me about the support you have received and your, your colleagues in reference to this issue. Um, first of all, the biggest thing is we have a huge GoFundMe that's going to pay us back the wages that we're being lost right now. Um, tomorrow, actually, there are, we're doing a nationwide picket. So there are several stores and several people who are going to be in their own cities um, to do a rally um, to reinstate the Memphis 7. Um, we're also going to have that rally here in Memphis in front of the store that we would let go from. Uh, how is the support uh, in terms of your home city? How is, is Memphis backing you on this, or, or how is it looking from that perspective? Memphis is completely behind us from the political standpoint to regulars that would come to the store and just everybody in the community. They've been out there picketing even when we haven't been there um, the support has been amazing from the Memphis community. Is there any effort uh, to uh, get together uh, with you all, with um, management, store management, corporate management, in, in terms of, is, has there been any conversation since this has happened in terms of moving in that direction? Um, I'll just say this without saying too much. We will be getting our jobs back. Okay. Um, we have somebody representing the seven of us, so we will be getting our jobs back. Well, you know, uh, as I as I told you, I I you know admire uh, folks who I mean I don't know that there's any law that says you can't fight for your rights, even as employees. Uh, so many um, have quit their jobs, uh, you know, in the past year from COVID and a lot of other things. You all uh, clearly uh, reported to work every day, came to do your jobs to the best of your abilities. Were giving based on what you were saying, given reasons uh, that really they had no validity as to why uh, you were fired. So, at the end result, do you think uh, that uh, this will lead to a possible unionization of uh, this uh, Starbucks store? Yes, I do. Um, I think that 
I truly believe that everybody that's still in that store right now is outraged by us being terminated and they're still on for voting yes for this union. Well, listen, uh, thank you again for, for coming on the show and explaining this uh, to us tonight. Uh, you know, folks can uh, form their own opinions, but uh, clearly uh, you guys are, are in it uh, to win it uh, in terms of the effort that you're putting into it. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. And will you do me a favor? Will you keep me posted on exactly, you know, what, how's, what, what's happening with this and, and what's going on and any progress that you're going to uh, be making? I sure will. I'll let you know every step of the way. Well, thank you so much, uh, Nicole, for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. And the best of luck to you and, and, and the other six uh, former employees of Starbucks. So we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. All right. Take good care. Thank you. Well, that was uh, that's uh, an interesting story. I'd be curious to find out what you all think about that. You guys always have an opinion about uh, these things one way or another out there in uh, radio land. So, you know, if you want to hit me up on uh, on uh, Facebook Live and uh, let me know kind of what you think. Uh, really kind of interested in that. Thank you, Nicole, for coming on the show. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears and we're going to talk to someone who knows a little bit about journalism. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip, and uh, we're going to take our second break and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Discover your next favorite artist at the Memphis Songwriter Series at the Halloran Center, hosted by Memphis songwriter Mark Edgar Stewart. On February 17th, Mark and his musical guests will take you on a journey behind their music, share personal stories, and introduce exciting new music. For more information on the Memphis Songwriter Series, visit orpheum-memphis.com. The University of Memphis is proud to be a founding partner of WYXR. They have recently been named an R1 institution by the Carnegie Classification of Institutions of Higher Education, putting the U of M in the top tier of research universities nationally. This milestone solidifies the university as one of the two flagship public institutions in Tennessee. More information at memphis.edu. <laughs> WYXR 91.7 FM explores the rare and influential music that fans may have missed with WYXR Stereo Sessions, presented by Nexair and Minfo, a monthly series of hi-fi album listening parties. Join us Wednesday, February 16th at 6 p.m. for a celebration of Memphis progressive rock band Companion and their mid-70s LP, Reap the Lost Dreamers, with special guests Pat Sansone of Wilco and Companion keyboardist Mike Russell. This series is brought to you by a grant from Humanities Tennessee and is sponsored by Tamburino, Memphis Listening Lab, Via Productions, and Garner Records. Limited seating is available, so RSVP for the free public event at WYXR.org.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday. You know, I was—I've been messing around with my phone here for a few minutes, and I—and I—I lost all the people that were that were actually on here. So I don't see comments. I don't see anybody, you know, on here or anything. I don't know what's what's happening. So if you guys are out there, uh, you know, you want to chime in and uh, and say what's good, uh, I would always appreciate that. Uh, as I said uh, before the break, uh, we you know live in this uh, you know age where. Uh, technology really has sort of taken over. And uh, I wanted to get the perspective uh, from uh, someone uh, who deals in the business of news each and every day. Uh, and uh, so uh, I am very pleased to welcome Elle Perry. She is, uh, she works at the, the Daily Memphian. I think you're, are you the digital manager over there? Is that what that title is that you? Yeah, digital desk manager. Digital desk manager and also the uh, current president of the MABJ or Memphis Association of Broadcast Journalists. And L, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No problem. So, thanks for having me. Absolutely that. You know, you and I have emailed back and forth, you know, from our respective jobs and stuff. This is the first time we've ever ever spoken. So, I'm really really happy to have you on the show and talk for a few minutes about all this. So, um you know, as I as I stated a couple of minutes ago, yeah, we live in this uh, this uh, this uh, digital world. I mean, this is where we are. This is how people get their information. Uh, this is where people go. You know, we, we live in a, a you know an on the go society and things like that. Uh, how um, does this lifestyle, if you will, uh, really aid in what you do on a daily uh, basis as the digital desk manager at the Daily Memphian? Sure. Um, it makes things simple sometimes because, say, you have a government entity, they can post something on Twitter, you know, I can see it, and then we can go from there. I mean, obviously, people still send out press releases and, and more super formal things, but a lot of times information is disseminated just in quick ways like that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I tend to notice that, and 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 how uh, I mean, and obviously, I guess it makes it makes uh, breaking news uh, uh, a lot easier, uh, or, or does it in terms of, of of how you do digitally these days and getting getting what you get like from from Twitter or whatever source it is, being able to get that uh, in, you know in your paper. Sure. Yes, I, I think it makes it easier. Um, I also think. You know, there's still the opportunity to broaden that um, with just, you know, the reporter can follow up and do something deeper than that. Yeah, so um, you know the, the the Daily Memphian is is online, and I think we've all heard of of uh, you know sort of the death of uh, the Daily you know newspaper and things like that. Uh, are you finding that to be be the same? And uh, you seem like you all have a very healthy readership. What do you attribute all of that to? I think in Memphis right now, obviously you have uh, multiple ways to get news. You have television, you have print, you have radio. And I think um, Memphis is better for having multiple sources. Mm -hmm. If you don't see something in one publication, you'll see it in another. And that, that you know, we are all competing. You, we're, people are friendly, but 
we still, you know, <laughs> this person wants to have a better story than their friend at the other publication. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken with uh, uh, with your leader, Eric Barnes, uh, you know, a few times, you know, about all of this. And I'm always fascinated to get his take on, you know, uh, where news gathering, you know, has gone or where, the, where, where it has, it, you know, where it's, you know, going, so to speak. Uh, do, do you see much? I mean, you know, I, I know part of what you do is, is kind of looking ahead, looking forward. Um, and, you know, wh- where do you see uh, the future of news uh, providing news information, providing news gathering. Where do you where do you uh, see that going? Um, I think you'll see more. Like, I think there will always be a place for print, but you'll see more folks move to more print products and more things. I mean, I'm sorry, more digital products and more things online. And then you'll still have some of the long form stuff that you see kind of specifically in print, but. Again, one of the benefits of the digital thing is you can do a really long piece without costing a bunch of, you know, paper. There's not a paper cost associated with it. We can add video. We can add all these kind of high tech things that um, enhance the experience that you don't necessarily all right can do. And you you can do some different things in print, but you can do some larger things. I think just online as well. We are speaking with Elle Perry. She uh, is the digital desk manager at the uh, Daily Memphian and also president of MABJ or the Memphis Association of Broadcast, of Black Journalists, excuse me. And uh, congratulations on, on, on uh, Madam President on, <laughs> you know, on uh, leading this uh, organization. So um, as we are getting into, gently getting into 2022, what are some of the goals uh, that you are looking uh, at and uh, maybe perhaps wanting to implement as an organization in this year? Sure. So um, last um, over the weekend, we had a topic of trauma and journalism just on both ends as a journalist, how people are impacted and it, how you should go about um, reporting on sensitive subjects with, you know, the public. So mm-hmm. that was really um, helpful and enlightening and I think people got a lot out of it and were able to contribute their own experiences. Um, for March, we're planning to do something that we did last year where we had college students and folks who just generally had resumes and reels that they want to get feedback on, um, have volunteer folks, you know, who do hiring and recruiting, look at those and get feedback. Um, so that's one of the things we are looking forward to. So, you know, are you are you planning any events where you have, you know, some of these uh, the I guess uh, professionals, the seasoned professionals, you know, come in and maybe do seminars, workshops, you know, on you know what uh, it was and what it takes, uh, you know, to keep up these days and, and and what lies ahead in the future. But you know, sort of a you know a a perspective, you know, from the uh, older veteran uh, news type folks. You know, versus where we are today? Definitely be interested in, in something like that. We haven't totally planned out the rest of the year, but we're open to ideas, so that's a great one. We'll, we'll put that, you know, in the bucket. Yeah, absolutely that, you know, and I would love to volunteer if, that was, if, that's, if that's the yeah, case. We'll, we'll definitely be in your- <laughs> so you know, be, uh, you know, and because organizations like this are important, and 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 I would imagine that there are other are there various chapters of of uh, this type of organization around the country. Can you talk talk to us about that a little bit? Sure. So this is where I put my shameless plug in that we were the um, 2021 
um, professional chapter of the year yes. from the National Association of Black Journalists. So yes, that was were. super exciting. Yes. I was on a previous board too as the um, VP of print, but not every city has them, but you know, places like Atlanta and New York and on the West Coast and there, I, I don't know the number of them, but there are, there are multiple chapters around the country. I would imagine uh, being a part of this, you think there, it has its, 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 uh, its weight and importance, its value and importance. Uh, talk about why you think it is important, or maybe you do or don't. I don't know about expanding these chapters uh, nationally so more cities uh, can uh, have more of a say in kind of what goes on locally. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, we have folks who come from different, you know, Memphis, where it's situated in the, in the marketplace, especially broadcast. You have folks that come in all the time from different areas. Right. So... We have folks that came in from other cities and they didn't have a chapter. Um, so, like some people, this is their first chapter outside of a college chapter. Mm-hmm. And I think more chapters means that perhaps those folks don't have to go, you know, have those years where they don't have that professional chapter to plug into. So, uh, you know, we also, we've also become in Memphis rather a transient um, market in terms of a media market. You know, I mean, a lot of folks come here, you know, to kind of get their feet wet, you know, get a few stories under their belt, and about a year or so later, you know, you turn on the TV, particularly the television folks, you know, turn on the TV, and and then they're gone again. Uh, And it makes it a little difficult to sort of, uh, identify, you know, with with uh, some of these stations because every time you turn on the television, uh, you know, uh, you see a you see a new face. Are you encouraging some of these new faces, as you said, that are coming in transplants from from various parts of the country to maybe um, you know lend their voice or lend their creativity or their suggestions to MABJ? Definitely, and you know, we want to have folks help them meet other folks in the, just in the industry and outside of the industry, kind of make those connections. You know, obviously that happens throughout, through their workplace, but outside the workplace to help kind of um, help them become Memphians. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very important component. Well, look, I I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Uh, You know, you and I had had never met before. It's it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, Memphis to me is a small town atmosphere, but there's a lot of people here, and there's a lot of folks I don't know, including you. So I'm, I'm very happy uh, that uh, that we met under these circumstances, and I would love it if you'd come back down the road and, and uh, kind of fill us in on if you've got any uh, events or anything uh, special happening uh, in terms of MABJ or anything else you want to share. You are always welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. I appreciate I you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a great night. Take, take care of yourself. Thanks. You too. All right. Elle Perry, ladies and gentlemen, of the, the Daily Memphian. Uh, she is the digital content manager over there, and digital desk manager, rather. And she's also the president of the Memphis Association of Black Journalists. A very informative conversation there. We are going to take our final break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about how you can help to seed success. And that's all I'm going to tell you. That's what's why it's called a tease. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. You know who you are. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Support for WYXR, including our 2022 stereo sessions, comes from Tamburino. Tamburino's staff of IT specialists help businesses with technology setup and support. Details at tamburino.com. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis art collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Memphis Brooks. Memphis Listening Lab proudly supports WYXR. They provide a curated collection of music and music history, a forum for music-related talks and performances in a music education, appreciation, and experimentation space located in Crosstown Concourse. The lab is open Tuesday through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information on their Instagram page at Memphis Listening Lab or on their website at memphislisteninglab.org. Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com visit. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, February 14th, also known as Valentine's Day uh, 2022. And I hope it's been a a good one for you, each and every one of you. So listen, uh, a lot of us are very concerned about the education of our young people. And, you know, for me, that that's really one of the, the one of the highest priorities uh, that that I have. And I always like to bring on folks who can uh, aid in that and can talk a little bit about what they are doing to help in that regard. So uh, having said all of that, I'm very happy to welcome my next guest, uh, Jamilica Burke. She is the chief strategy and impact officer for a fine organization called Seeding Success. And Jamilica, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I appreciate it. Are you there? <laughs> okay, unmute yourself. No, thank you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely, that. Voila, there we go. That's okay. You're good. Everything is everything is a okay. So, uh, first and foremost, for the people who don't know, tell us about the mission of your organization, Seeding Success, and what it is you are trying to accomplish in our community. Absolutely. So our organization has been in place in Memphis since 2013, mm-hmm. and we're part of the Strive Together National Network. 
consider us a backbone organization or a convening entity that really helps to bring collaborators to the table from nonprofits, government, community around challenging some of the systemic challenges and issues our families are facing. So since we began in our inception, we've really worked and focused in education. Mm -hmm. But when you think about all of the intersecting factors around housing, transportation, health disparities, there was a need to start to branch out and identify what are those additional needs that we really truly want to make a strong path for our families towards strong economic and social mobility. So what is your course correction in that? I mean, so you so you know what the what the uh, intangibles are, what the issues are, what the challenges are. So how are you all working to sort of uh, solve those? Absolutely. So with our organization, we are more of a convener. So we bring together a diverse partnership and different stakeholders to have these discussions, bring resources to the table to understand what are the critical issues? How can we tackle them together? Because as you know, here in Memphis, we've also had a lot of silos within that work. We are a data-driven organization. So we really look to data and research and best practices to help implement what needs to be the strategies and systems in place in order to move the needle for kids and families. And the last piece of around that is really focused on advocacy. Many of the things that are needed in our community are policy-based, big P and little P. So how do we identify those and really build and scale in a way to make sure the work that our community is doing is sustainable? You have a very uh, large network, I would say. I looked at your your website and you have uh, you know a tremendous board. You have a, a lot of folks on staff uh, with a lot of specific uh, job responsibilities and duties. And I want to focus on one in particular, uh, the academic aspect of things. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, we really, really need to focus uh, a lot on academics, uh, you know, with our young people, as far as I'm concerned, they're going to be the next uh, future leaders um, of our city and of our country. So how important is the academic uh, portrait in terms of your organization? It's critical and it's our core mission. It was what our organization was founded on. So we are um, systemic. We have historically focused on cradle to career issues. And from an academic standpoint, starting with everything within early childhood, our organization was very successful in helping to bring universal needs-based pre-K to our community. Mm -hmm. And through that work, we've been able to build a larger network in early childhood because we know that if children have the right foundation, it supports them throughout their trajectory in school. This also means that as we go through the K-12 continuum, looking at those critical pathways and looking at critical metrics along the way to understand what's needed in order for our kids to be successful. So we work very closely with our school systems, different LEAs, and also multiple nonprofits and out-of-school partners that work with families and kids within the academic sphere. Uh, with what you just with what you just said in reference uh, you know, to the metrics and things like that, what are you seeing as some of the key components? I do know that, um, you know, many organizations, and I think including yourself, you know, offer tutors and things, you know, for, for a lot of these young people. Uh, and, I, and I've always been a fan of, you know, uh, programs that have young people uh, teaching younger people or at least mentoring or helping or supporting and things like that. Is that important to what you do with Seeding Success? Yes, absolutely. So our organization itself is not a direct service to where we offer those services directly to children and families. Uh-huh. But what we do is we partner with the organizations that are doing that critical work on the ground and supporting them to build capacity and to scale so that they can support more kids and families as they do that work. 
there's always uh, man, uh, there's always a strategy behind everything that uh, organizations do. And as the chief strategy impact officer, uh, what are some of the key strategies uh, you are looking at in 2022? Well, right now here in 2022, we are actually working on a project that is really called um, the Power of Place or Place Matters Memphis. And what that really is, is we've been working with local and national partners around bringing individuals to the table around six critical areas. One is education, two, community development, three, economic development, four, justice and safety, mm-hmm. five, culture, and six, it has been really focused around the economics around how we have, how we grow the development of our families here. Well, and so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, as you look at that continuum of services supports, the critical question becomes, we know that there's a lot of great work that our communities are doing on the ground. We know that there are a lot of great organizations that are doing great work. We know that Memphis has done a lot of planning. But now how do we start to bring those strategies, initiatives, and ideas together and really prioritize what's focused and what's working for our kids and families to really get us towards those milestones we want to see long term? That is uh, a, a very uh, ambitious and goal-driven uh, agenda. We're talking with uh, Jamilica Burke. She is the Chief Strategy and Impact Officer for seeding a success. And, uh, you know, I don't know where I saw it. I don't know if I saw a story about your organization, uh, you know, on one of the TV stations or a newspaper or whatever, but I was very taken by, you know, just the commitment that you have. And it seems like based on what I just heard you say, uh, that there is a very strong commitment um, to really the betterment and the future of our city as a whole. And it depends not on one group, not on five groups, but on bringing everyone around the table, the idea of stakeholders, the idea of, of people coming together uh, for a common cause and uh, having these conversations and hopefully these conversations develop into action. Is that uh, a very important component to you? Absolutely. That is a major component of the work that we're doing. Yeah, yeah. When you think about where we are right now, there's so many opportunities when you think about Blue Oval starting up, when you think about multiple companies that are now coming to our community, we want to make sure that our citizens are ready to take advantage of these different opportunities. And academics are going to be a huge part of that. Well, I tell you what, uh, I am very, uh, very impressed with your organization and what you all do on a daily basis and your mission, um, more importantly. Dominica Burke, from Seeding Success. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes uh, to come on the show tonight and kind of uh, uh, let us know uh, what you all are doing and uh, how you're doing it. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best of success. And if there's any way we can help you here at Real Talk, get the word out, just let us know. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You Thank you so much for coming on the show. Take care of yourself. You too. All right. Well, that's a, that's a wrap on a, on, a, on a very, very good show. A lot of good information tonight. And uh, I appreciate all my guests uh, for popping in. Before I get out of here, I have to do a Chip's comment on Valentine's Day. Now, uh, you know, Valentine's Day for a lot of people is a big day. And, uh, you know, you all get out and, and do, your, do your thing and... And, 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 you know, you want to show off a little bit and, uh, you know, you save your pennies and you go to these restaurants tonight. Now, you pay $200 for, for, for a nice, you know, steak dinner. You know, I've done it in the past. I, I, I know about all that. Tomorrow, 
it'll be right back down to about 50 or 60 bucks. So, uh, so, so, you know, we all know this is the day of merchandising, right? Everybody kind of pulls out, you know, and, and you, you, you gift baskets and this and that. Now, look, I'm not knocking you if that's what you choose to do. But, you know, I guess my question is, what happens the rest of the 364 days of the year? Uh, if you are you know, involved in a relationship of some type, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that you probably um, would like to show your affection or your, your devotion or what have you, you know, every day of the week. For me, uh, you know, if I can't show it every day of the week and twice on Sundays, then, you know, I'm not doing my job. And so, uh, you know, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you do you. But at the same time, you know, I'm not for the merchandising of one particular day of the year. Uh, but, you know, I'll leave that to others. But I hope that uh, if you have, you know, done something nice for your significant other, be it male or female, uh, that they appreciated it and that they enjoyed it. You know, I'm just going to try to be straight every day of the year. If I can do that, if I, if, if I can take care of what I need to take care of at home every day of the year, then and you know and 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 the locks hadn't changed and i can still get in the house and then i'm <laughs> i crack myself up <laughs> then i'm in good shape and as lola plays us out uh, i want to thank you once again for joining me for another edition of real talk memphis uh appreciate having you on board look like support share and follow this show okay I'm not asking you to dig a ditch in 105 degree temperatures. I'm just asking you to press a couple of buttons, okay? Because we're trying to grow. We're picking it up. We're moving forward. And we're driving and we're driving and we're driving. And uh, speaking of driving, our, 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 our one of our driven leaders here, JB, Jared Boyd, just walked in. What's up, man? It's all good, man. So anyway, it looks like Talking Memphis is going to uh, uh, happen your way here in just a couple of minutes. But... For all of us here at Real Talk Memphis, um, we hope you enjoyed the show. Lord says so. We'll be back next week, same time, same station, and we'll try to do it a little bit better. For Lola, for Jack, for Nicole, I'm Chip. Thank you for listening, watching, supporting Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip, and we're out.